Hello? Hi, Allison. It's Dr. Ogren. Yeah, listen, we're going to need you to come home. You need to have time to meet the oncologist, okay, wait. the radiologist. You've got to schedule a bilateral mastectomy. What's a bilateral mastectomy? What's that? What just happened here? Well, when I had my mammogram, the radiologist found something suspicious. So I went through a very painful biopsy because they had to use the mammography machine to look at the cells, hold me completely still, and then poke and prod me. That's when they found cancer. So before I came out here, I had a lumpectomy to get it out and then to look at it and find out what it is. I have invasive cancer, and it's kind of a nasty kind. It's a bit less common. It's called lobular carcinoma. And my surgeon keeps referring to it as sneaky. It's sneaky because it tends to form a long, single line of cells, and then they march into far reaches of the body to invade them with cancer. I've got to get it out of me. I mean, we can't get it out immediately. I have to come home and meet with doctors and figure it out, schedule it. It's going to be a few weeks, so I have a few more days on trail. I mean, it's kind of weird. I'm going to stay out here. I'm going to keep hiking, and then I'm going to go home and hike a new trail. Bye. I hang up and breathe deeply to calm my racing heart. I answered the phone call sitting on a dock at a restaurant in Monson, Maine. It's beautiful here. It's not raining right now, and the clouds are gray and full, hanging over Lake Hebron and mirrored in their stillness. A kind of sacred moment as I head back into the restaurant where my friend and fellow hiker David waits for me and offers up some of his fried fiddleheads. I tell David, it's going to be okay. And then I eat up what's on offer. You're listening to Blissful Hiker Podcast. I'm Allison Young, the solo, female, middle-aged, titanium-reinforced, long-distance backpacker, Blissful Hiker. This podcast is a series of personal essays I call audio narratives— They couple storytelling, found sound, and my own flute playing, and I explore a journey of self-discovery where I share the sometimes unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment. We're badass people. We don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey that we call life. If you enjoy these podcasts, you can support them through Patreon. There's a link in the show notes or at blissfulhikerpodcast.com. It's season five. I've been taking you on a southbound hike of the Appalachian Trail. Last night, Shoes and I were awakened by some pretty rude hikers that arrived very, very late at night and shined their headlamps directly into our faces. I sleep better than I thought I would because they warn us of flooded and dangerous streams ahead, and they give us directions for a reroute. And still... At 5 a.m., just as it's getting light, Shoes pays them back and sits up, yelling out loudly, Blissful, you ready to hike to Monson? (laughs) Everyone's up now. It's our last day in the 100-mile wilderness. Thank the goddess. It's been hard, wet, cold, very steep. 
and I've been carrying this big load, knowing that I'd get a call from my surgeon when I reached Monson. But right now I can focus on only one thing, getting out of here safely. And we're up and out within an hour, cutting through a swampy section to roads, and finally accepting a hitch into town and the famous hostel called Shaw's. I tell Shoes over and over he does not need to join me on this hitch. It's three miles that we're missing, and if he wants to be considered a through-hiker, he shouldn't skip them. But he does, and then he's unhappy that he skipped it. It was just trees, mud, rocks, and roots on repeat. Come on, Shoes, make up your own mind. Hike your own hike. When I arrive in Monson, I take a warm shower, wash my clothes, eat so much food, and then take a full day off to rest. But Shoes heads back to that spot to hike those three miles because he can't stand having missed them. When he returns later in the day, I ask him if I missed anything, and he says, nah, it's all kind of the same. Still, even skipping a little bit of the hike, I meditate on being stronger than I think I am. I managed one of the hardest sections on the Appalachian Trail, the 100-mile wilderness, and knowing the entire time that what's coming up is a new trail. I call it the Breast Cancer Trail. But it's a sunny day, and my spirits lift immediately as I'm greeted by a forest full of birdsong. It's the wishity-wishity of a common yellowthroat and bullfrogs snapping like tightened rubber bands. Yes, weather does make a difference. Each of us in our small group of friends, or Tramley, a trail family, knew that today would be gorgeous, and it doesn't disappoint, full of sunshine and the slightest cooling breeze. On my day off, when I checked in at the visitor center in Monson, I met a woman named Wendy. Wendy is the Appalachian Trail expert. She was absolutely horrified at me that I skipped those few miles from the north side of town and that I was planning to skip even more as I got to the south side. Wendy was reluctant to give me an official 2023 thru-hiker tag, repeating over and over that I'd need to return and walk the miles I missed. At this point, knowing that I need to go home to have both my breasts removed and to get treatment for cancer, I really couldn't care less what she thinks. This thru-hiker tag is more of a good luck charm for me. It represents hope. It represents my future. It represents as much as I can walk on the Appalachian Trail this year. I mean, does it really matter in the end if I walk a few soggy miles of Maine when it's highly unlikely I'll walk this entire trail this year anyway? I don't share with Wendy the truth and just agree with her that I'll return, I'll come back to this way-out-of-the-way place and walk the miles that I missed. Still, in my heart, I know that enjoyment and fulfillment are much preferred to following the precise path. It's not as if I'm claiming a record or declaring myself something I'm not. Truth is that Wendy also tells us that we'll need to take a long detour on road to avoid two flooded and dangerous river crossings. I guess her point is not that we're required to follow the precise path of the Appalachian Trail, but to walk continuously to cover all of the ground. 
But in this gorgeous forest, with sunlight dappling through the leaves and full of sound, I don't focus on it anymore. At least until I'm spit out on road. You know, there's a reason that hikers hate roadwalks. Yeah, it's kind of easier. You're not looking down at your feet all the time. But it's hot and it's exposed. I go quite a distance out of the way to cross the rushing Piscataquis on a bridge. And then I go right back up again and up and up. I pass sweet homes and a meeting house in tiny Blanchard and then can only hear the rushing water for many miles. The road is fenced in as I enter Breakneck Ridge Hunting Club. The sun is getting intense and the mosquitoes won't let up. My freshly clean clothes and dry shoes last about an hour before becoming grungy again. Ha! Who am I to complain? The 100-mile wilderness was an endurance test, and this air is delicious. A downy woodpecker emerges from a large hole in the trunk of a dead tree. Her chicks cheep loudly to be fed first over their siblings. Close to returning to the trail again, I meet Toast, a hiker carrying a joint in one hand and a beer in another. Cindy and Bud are parked nearby and offer me a beer, too, plus deli meat, cheese, and bread, and a joint. (laughs) I don't smoke or drink, but I am grateful for the food and for their kindness. The sun is out at last, and it's an easy day. When I leave, the forest swallows me up again with streams as trail, rocks, roots, and all my bird friends singing joyously. I arrive at Bald Mountain Stream, first wide, slow, and reflective, then rushing, but an easy cross, even if the stones are slippery. A short, dark forest finally leads to a lean-to, and one of the best sights yet. (laughs) Or maybe it's just because I have a view. How glorious it is on Moxie Bald Lake, looking out to green forested mountains, bluer in the distance, and puffy clouds mirrored on its serene surface. I set my tent right next to it. A loon tremolos as two northbounders arrive. The taller is a gentle giant known as Jelly Belly for the many pounds of candy he consumes. He sets a hammock nearby and tells me in his soft drawl that he's from Alabama and has never heard a loon before. As if eavesdropping, the giant loon surfaces, his head slightly tipped in a proud, regal stance. He side-eyes us before diving under in one quick motion. The other hiker is shorter and loud with F-bombs peppering the conversation. He's wild-eyed and wired on something. He says he's ready for things to end and assures me that he's going to touch Katahdin and run right back down. Wow, Mount Katahdin. It feels so long ago, like another hike. I'm happy for the awe I felt at that stunning place. I loved it. But I guess I can understand a thru-hiker ready to get this over with. We talk a long time at the picnic table, and I'm so taken with the depth of the conversation. Current events, philosophy of hiking, our favorite authors. 
It's no surprise that Jelly Belly is hurrying north now so he can start law school. Soon, Kaylee and Addie, the Sibs, arrive with a brand new tent. The conversation moves to our stunning rock ledge, where a giant leech swims close, a wavy ooze with a bright orange belly. We all quickly remove our bare feet from the water. It's early and not yet dark, but the bugs are aggressive, so it's best to cuddle in now and watch the light change from the safety of my tent. I thank Jelly Belly for our conversation, and he answers, hidden deep in his hammock with perfect southern manners. Ma'am, the pleasure was all mine. (laughs) It's quiet except for the wild animals living here. Peepers begin as solos before they meld into a chorus and lose any individuality. One finds a nook near me and wails away, singing to his own internal metronome. A pair of barred owls hoot to one another, caterwauling over my tent, cartoonish and exaggerated. They travel stealthily on silent wings, then call from new locations, an oral hide-and-seek. Meanwhile, my peeper keeps up the peeping. Who falls for a guy like that? Someone who likes the volume at 11. As the dimmer switch brings my perfect mountain reflection to gray and finally black, the peepers slowly silence. And that's when the loons rev up. It's not a tremolo of alarm, rather a kind of party going on out there. It's tailgating at the pond. I love this so much, a cacophony that puts me to sleep, deep and sated. But it's a short intermission, because at 4 a.m., an eager hermit thrush breaks dawn with his velvety wind chimes. (sighs) What a day, knowing now where I'll head next, what I'll have to face, and the terror and fear of it. And yet within all of that is this utter beauty. All I can think as I begin to pack up is life is good. You can see pictures from my southbound hike of the Appalachian Trail. They're at blissfulhikerpodcast.com. Blissful Hiker Podcast is on all podcast platforms. And if you're on Apple, please leave a review that helps others discover the show. Next week, it's up and over two mountains with no rain and views, looking out to the beautiful countryside of Maine through the screen of my bug net. (laughs) Until then, my friends, kia kaha and happy trails.